The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jeremiah Schnee. He is the president and CEO of the Next Opportunity Group. Welcome to the show, Jeremiah. Thank you, Jordan. It's a pleasure. Let's just start with your background a little bit. Uh, You've got a very unusual uh, background, and we're going to be talking about the whole idea of creating uh, international legacies. But let's just start a little bit with your background leading into the creation of the Next Opportunity Group and the Wealth and Values Initiative. Well, happy to. Um, You know, you mentioned international legacies. Um, Jordan, my granddad uh, died at 101. Uh, was very close to him. We called him Puppy. He came from the old country, Germany. Um, I think he kept himself alive by pouring out in the last two years of his life our family history, predominantly to my brother and sister who put it into the computer. And today my four kids have a two-inch volume thick summary of our family history back to the 1300s in Germany, uh, German-Jewish. So you know, I have sort of grown up on the shoulders of giants like that, and that made a tremendous uh, impact upon me. Um, in the next generation, my mother, um, who came here not really speaking the language, um, ended up getting a four-year scholarship at Rhode Island School of Design, and then Cranbrook outside of Detroit, where I grew up, and that led to the founding of our family business, Adler Schnee, which is a bit of an institution, and they recently did a movie on her, kind of a woman in a man's world, um, uh, global textile design, interior design, you know, working with greats like Frank Lloyd Wright, um, Yamasaki on the World Trade Center, and so on. So, um, you know, I got a lot of my early experience in business within our family business, and that's an experience that has kind of, you know, been the foundation and uh, transformational experience for me that has kind of fast-forward led to today. So you came out of that. Uh, with this uh, very successful business. And then what ended up happening with the business that made you think that people need help with transferring businesses to the next generation? Great question. Um, My mother, um, wonderful driven person, she's 92 and still going like a force of nature, um, came from a very strict background. So in Germany, children... I'll never forget my mother and my grandfather talking. We're to be seen, not heard. And so we had a wonderful family and a great business, uh, highly respected, but there really was not, as we grew older, my brother and sister and I, there were three of us in our generation, uh, a culture, an ethic to co-create, to provide from the earlier generation an opportunity for the next gen to kind of co-create and therefore co-own the business, not so much from a title point of view, but from the point of view of the well-being of the business, the strategy, the model, and the future. And so we kind of had the signal that um, there wasn't the opportunity that we earned for, each of us individually, in different unique ways. And Bottom line, fast forward, we ended up going our own ways, and the and the business was sold. So that was an experience that I lived that, again, transformational for me, and it's something, it, the, the lessons around the importance of generating a culture of uh, uh, inclusion to invite others who may not be in power, so to speak, to co-create, co-own, to envision uh, even if it requires uh, flexibility and a nimbleness to change, uh, is something that I've to this day shared with my clients as an important lesson to be learned. So what business are you in today uh, based on what you've learned, uh, this whole process with your business being sold and so on? 
Well, so my journey, Jordan, and I know all of us have fascinating journeys, led me to entrepreneurial endeavors. At one point, I co-founded a global not-for-profit with the former Secretary of the U.S. Treasury. His name was Robert Anderson. It was called the Global Leadership Institute, and it satisfied the passion that I had for change, innovation, and improvement, particularly in a global and cross-cultural vein, which has really been one of my passions. And so we were supporting free enterprise around the world. We had about 20 divisions, and the core of it, Jordan, was really to look at the whole notion of going from success to significance. So we were, uh, Robert Anderson himself left the Secretary of the Treasury position with an incredible, back then we called it a Rolodex, now it's a database. Um, and he wanted to put that to use for some larger purpose than just government. And so we were supporting free enterprise uh, when the Berlin Wall fell. I was back and forth prior for a year to Hungary. We had a three-day conference on free enterprise in Hungary, which was still communist. The wall came down, Berlin Wall came down on day two. It was transformational for a lot of the people who were there. Um, and so that was the kind of space that I discovered that I loved, from success to significance. A um, little bit successful with kid generating kids. I have four, as I mentioned. Um, and I really could not and did not feel that I should continue to be out of the country 80% of the time with young, you know, children. And so that was sort of the impetus. It wasn't some grand strategy. It was kind of just trying to, you know, navigate as I went to founding the advisory firm, which is the next opportunity group that you mentioned. Um, Today we have over 400 client experiences, and the focus of next opportunity is really in two buckets, Jordan. One bucket is to earn the long-term trust of CEO owners to help them really transform their business to the next level, both strategy and implementation, one-two punch. And then we ended up evolving uh, through demand of those clients. Hopefully we did a good job most of the time, not all the time, unfortunately, but most of the time being invited to help some of the legacy families who in turned out own some of those businesses. And so now we're in both areas, transforming operating businesses, moving them to the next level, and then helping support some of the legacy families with their unique issues. So let's take a kind of a broader view of this whole situation of uh, inheriting wealth and creating, as you say, significance and so on. Kind of give me an overview, even globally, of how wealth is passed down uh, to from one generation to another and what happens to the businesses uh, are these legacies created or does, is the wealth dispersed? Kind of give me an overall view of, of where we stand in the world with this whole situation. That's a, another great question because, you know, there's an entire world around the United States and the way that the country was founded and built. Um, and to a huge degree, the driver uh, has been family business. Um, I'm currently doing, as you may know, some work with the, the Chinese legacy family community, which is fascinating because the wealth, as many people know, is exploding. And in China, there has been the same trend. Uh, one of our partners is the leading executive ed program, privately owned, I might add, in China. And the dean is extremely knowledgeable and insists that, in fact, the robust nature of the Chinese growth itself has been a function not just of free enterprise, in, in contrast to the state-owned companies there that the media has focused a lot on, uh, but family businesses. So a huge percentage of job creation globally actually comes out of family businesses. Now, shifting back quickly to the United States, I've learned by being kind of immersed in this area, Jordan, that there are over 3,000 SFOs. That stands for single family office. And then there are a significant number of multifamily offices, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. So when a family gets to the level of wealth, that it makes sense to begin to think about a single family office, that's often about $100 million in liquidity or in assets and liquidity. Uh, so there are 3,000 families in America, this amazing country we live in, that are single-family offices, and these are basically corporate offices, um, usually with outside staff ranging from 2 to 60 or 70, 
I was just with a, fa- with a multifamily office that said there were 200 accountants in, you know, serving one family. So some of them get extraordinarily extensive and complex. Um, but those family offices are only the tip of the iceberg because there are probably multiples of that that don't decide to formalize with a family office um, but still have a remarkable amount of wealth from point of view of, let's say, myself or, or yourself. Now, when you look at the statistics, there's trouble in paradise. The general public believes and I think in significant part it's true, but not completely, that they live charmed lives. But the reality when you actually look at the statistics of wealth dissipation within these families is that by the end of the second generation, approximately 60% of the wealth that may have been the founding wealth when the huge wealth experience occurred, whether it was you know a fund or an operating business, is dissipated. And by the end of the third generation, the figures are downright scary. 90% of all legacy families who began with a bang, with however much money they had, find that by the end of the third generation, that wealth has been dissipated. And they're back to the beginning, and many of your listeners are probably familiar with the, sh- with the term shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. And that's so What that's do you actually mean by dissipated? I mean, the, the, the first and the second generation... They've spent it all, or they, the business has been disbanded and sold, or what do you actually mean by dissipated? Yes. So I think there are a number of factors behind dissipation, some of them natural and understandable. For example, um, you know, a family will begin with, let's say, you know, obviously a couple, two parents and five kids, two kids, three kids. And then the, the, each of those kids will then multiply, and you end up with dissipation simply because you have a growing number of people in a family after the wealth creation event, um, and so therefore there is dilution. But I think that a greater factor, a much more significant factor in the dissipation of wealth um, actually comes um, from... Uh, Sources that many may suspect, but are a little bit counterintuitive. So if I may explain, when these wealthy families have been surveyed, um, the ones that have been successful in holding onto their wealth and the ones that have not, there are usually three, statistically, there are three outcomes as to what they perceive were the reasons that the wealth dissipated. Bad taxes, bad advice, professional advice, and bad investments. And while no doubt those are major factors, statistically, there is a bigger elephant in the room as to why that wealth was dissipated. And it comes down to two fundamental areas. One is the breakdown of trust and communication between generations. So in other words, there's a transition from the wealth creators to the next gens and maybe their cousins or whatever it is, and that's a, that's a pressure point. There's a huge incidence of failure in that transition. And then the second area is uh, as to why this wealth gets dissipated is that the families, there's a failure of those families to define a long-term legacy vision is what we call it, beyond just the fact that we have an operating business that we're running or a fund or a philanthropy. So those are the two core reasons that the wealth dissipates and the families, if you will, at least from a wealth creation and wealth transfer point of view, uh, uh, break down. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jeremiah Schnee. He's the president and CEO of the Next Opportunity Group. By the way, their website is nextoppgroup.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jeremiah Schnee. He is the president and CEO of the Next Opportunity Group. Welcome back to the show, Jeremiah. Thank you, Jordan. So we were talking about this whole idea of uh, passing on uh, wealth, but more than wealth, businesses and creating a legacy. And you were saying, and let's just go into a little bit more detail about the first reason why things tend to break down, which is you call the failure of trust and communication between the generations. The one generation created the wealth, the next one maybe is involved in the business somewhat, but somehow doesn't get the idea and it, it, the wealth gets dissipated. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I think many of us know that in an organization, whether it's the military, whether it's the country and the government, whether it's family, enterprise, or business, culture starts at the top. So imagine the incredible perseverance, brilliance, uh, and relentless effort that a first-generation wealth creator, in general, not always, but almost always, has to go through in order to differentiate themselves or him or herself from the competition and all the market issues and so on, and really break into the clear uh, to generate great wealth uh, through a business or through uh, generally an, an operating business, but sometimes there are other approaches. Um, now, what happens is that that generation tends, not always, but many times, to function based upon what I'll simplify and call the my way or highway approach. In other words, there are so many challenges to generating that wealth that that kind of becomes the driven nature of the wealth creator. Along comes the next generation, and they literally are born into a different planet. So the wealth creator knows the profound urgency around time. Every minute has to be utilized for some purpose, some mission-oriented effort. Money, uh, many wealth creators tend to, no matter how wealthy they are, be extremely conscious about every penny and about expenses, about lifestyle. Often they live a modest lifestyle. Sometimes later on they relax a little bit, and then they say, okay, great, I can relax a little bit, but only if the business continues to grow. The kids are grow, you know, born, and they're born into an environment that is financially fortunate for them, but culturally another planet. And so we're, many times what happens with those young people is that they actually have profound 
culture and values clashes with the earlier generation. If the earlier generation has emotional intelligence, uh, a, a, a deep commitment to family and to the next gens, uh, take seriously parenthood rather than delegating it out to a schoolmaster or to a maid or a butler or whatever else it is, all of those can be wonderful mitigating factors. And so then you have the earning of trust, you have the clarification of communication, and you can bridge whatever cultural issues there are that are different. And then young people can often grow up uh, feeling connected, feeling that they have a purpose, that they don't have to clone themselves to the impossible, you know, shoes to fill of the person, you know, their dad or mom or whoever it was. Um, but more often than not, my way or highway meets the next gen that has a completely different approach. And then you have separation and you have problems, you have identity issues, you have conflicts. And all kinds of things then, as many of us probably know, can spin out. So one of the key things is to concentrate between the generations, not just on the transfer of wealth, which does tend to come from advisors around the wealth creator to set up trusts and philanthropies and so on, but we also find that it's critical to concentrate on something that not that many people really are sensitive to, and that is the transfer of values. And then there's a whole discussion that we could have around what are some of the best practices involved in transferring values across generations, not just the wealth. And it turns out that focusing upon both of those in terms of the wealth creation, uh, you know, wealth creator uh, generation is a critical secret as to how you beat the odds in terms of wealth dissipation. So the, the great families that have continued on for many generations, think of the Rockefellers, uh, the Carnegies, maybe the Fords, even what Bill Gates is doing now, uh, they're much more than just passing on the money. They are passing on this whole legacy and creating a structure, uh, and as you say, the values. Is that kind of examples of doing it right, some, some of the big families like that? Very much. I mean, I'm right now sitting in the multifamily office of the Bitcarens, you know, which uh, is the family that founded Pittsburgh Plate Glass, today a Fortune 200 company. Six generations, 622 people since the wealth creation event. But as you say, um, you know, the sensitivity to the transfer of values, it, motivated by a larger legacy vision than just the wealth that I have and, you know, the trusts and the philanthropies, um, leads to, as I think your question implies, um, you know, the addressing of the need for structures. And I don't mean corporate structures. I mean family structures, intergenerational family structures um, that involve, among other things, governance issues. And, of course, governance isn't particularly relevant if the wealth creator believes that I am the only source of authority and it's going to be my way or highway, well, fine. But that's, that's not really the kind of governance that's going to lead to a longer-term family legacy that involves, you know, as I said earlier, the invitation to co-create with next gens and others in the extended family, which, by the way, often also includes what we call married ins. So the husband or the wife of the family member that grew and becomes, you know, uh, be begins their family. And a, and a key question often within, you know, legacy family governance includes what is going to be the role and or position and or level of authority of non-family who are married in and, and others. So it's the structures that evolve around the first generation providing uh, a prior, recognizing the priority of this level, not just the business side and the investment and the deals or the philanthropies. And then thinking through governance structures, inviting other families in. Today there's an entire body of knowledge or what we call thought leadership around the areas of governance, um, of the inspiration of next generation entrepreneurism, even so, even if a young person is born into a fortune, how do you communicate the wealth, the nature of the wealth, in such a way that continues to encourage and support the ownership or co-ownership of that next generation to um, 
emulate the, the wealth creator, even if it's on their own terms and in a very different direction, which means to continue to create wealth, not just to be entitled and to sit back and to receive everything. And so this has become lose. your passion. This, this has become your passion in, in founding uh, what you call the Wealth and Values Initiative uh, results in the emergence of what's, what you call the legacy family community. Is that correct? That's, correct. That, so that's the problem you've identified. And this is the way you, you've gone out. Now, you say that part of this community doing it right is to have what you call dolphin culture uh, as opposed to, I guess, shark culture. That's the difference. Maybe just briefly describe what dolphin culture is and what role that plays in, in getting this legacy and the, the uh, family carrying on as you just described. Yes. The, the point of view which then becomes the core of the culture is absolutely critical. It may seem fuzzy to many, but it turns out that it is actually make or break in the most quantifiable terms. So the dolphin culture goes like this, and it's kind of the sum total of what I guess I've learned through many mistakes and many experiences in my own uh, uh, career. If you swim with sharks, you bleed in the water. And I think a lot of us have scars that have been born from that kind of experience of swimming with sharks. So we would love to really develop a code of conduct around the dolphin culture. And so what is the dolphin culture? It involves giving first in a relationship, whether it's a new relationship when you're out networking or whether it's a long-term relationship. So it's that attitude of contributing, giving. And I don't just mean in a trite sense of offering water or holding a door open, but it involves active listening to really understand the wants and needs of one's colleague, partner, friend, prospect, client, whatever it is, and then actually delivering as a priority something substantive that is meaningful to that person. And then it involves continuing to give, and that tends to trigger the same from the other person if that person is a person of integrity. We've all had experiences where people are takers. So it does involve a little bit of discernment. The next point of the code of conduct is to earn trust with every touch. So instead of being casual, instead of saying, hey, I'm selling this or this is what I'm trying to get from this person, it's earning trust by actually uh, uh, exhibiting a code of conduct that is honorable, that has integrity, and that sincerely values the long-term relationship. The next point is to add value even if there is no transaction. And I think all of us, myself included, regularly experience the challenges of having endless options, never enough time and energy, and really needing to focus on the goals that I have so there's going to be a tendency to really concentrate just where there's a transaction. But this code of conduct is about adding value even if there is no transaction because it tends, again, to trigger a return, but over time. Then the next point is to be a serial connector for others, not just for oneself, to build long-term relationship based upon those other points that I, may, uh, I just mentioned, which leads to a longer-term community the evolution of a longer-term community of people that are of like mind, and then it's about monetizing. So this is not really charity, but it's a very specific way of integrating, um, you know, giving uh, long-term relationships, serial connecting for others, a selflessness, if you will, in in the building of relationships, because karma works, and then it will tend to come back with trust, and then the monetization, we believe, will be even greater. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jeremiah Schnee. He's the president and CEO of the Next Opportunity Group. Uh, You can find out more about them at nextoppgroup.com. In the next uh, part of the show, we're going to talk about an upcoming event uh, that Jeremiah is leading, uh, which is going to put all of what we're talking about into action. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jeremiah Schnee. He's the president and CEO of the Next Opportunity Group. Uh, business advisory services. You can find out more about them at their website, nextoppgroup.com. Welcome back to the show, Jeremiah. Thank you. So we've talked about this whole kind of intergenerational uh, creation of legacies using the dolphin culture. Now you're actually taking this and putting this into action, and there's a program coming up uh, with a program you have called ILEAD, which stands for Intergenerational Leadership Entrepreneurial Accelerated Development. Uh, Tell us about what iLead is about, and then specifically about the program coming up, uh, which is uh, partly in the United States and partly in China in the next two months or so. Okay, will do. Um, Our families in the legacy family community that has been growing based upon the point of view we discussed and the thought leadership that is so vital to offer legacy families, um, we polled the families and the families said, look, There are many wonderful and worthy organizations involving legacy families and high net worth families and individuals. Help us with our kids. Help us with that next generation and those transitions that are so vital to establishing that long-term legacy that we've been talking about. So we began to look at a concept that we kind of pioneered called M&I. Now, that doesn't stand for merger and acquisition. It stands for mentorship and internship. So how could we help the next gens of legacy family members who are active in our legacy family community? And what we began to realize was you could run them through seminars or, you know, programs. How about if we identify other family businesses in which we've vetted those families, we know they're good families, we know that they share our values, and then offer opportunities for a young person within business A and legacy family A to be able to serve an internship in family B's company, let's say over the summer during you know, between school semesters or if they've graduated to kickstart their career. So that became something that was action-oriented. All right? What ended up happening was that through one of our partners, Savio Chan, with whom I've worked for 10 or 12 years on U.S.-China operating business challenges within our consultant practice, because many of our clients are functioning either with their own or outsourced operations in China for reasons we all know. Savio said, you know what, Um, there is an amazing possible marriage here because the Chung Kong Graduate School of Business, CKGSB, is in the exact opposite position, and there's a marriage made in heaven. So it turns out that the CKGSB is the only privately owned executive ed program 
in all of China. All of the other exec-ed programs are quasi-government. It was endowed by essentially the Bill Gates of China. His name is Li Kai-sheng. Some of your uh, listeners may know of him. A very uh, early-stage philanthropist in a country where philanthropy is really not part of the culture as it is here, and a major, major uh, real estate magnate. So Li Kai-sheng endowed the CKGSB. About 50% of its $100 million a year in revenues comes from executive ed. So they do not have undergrad. They do MBAs, and then they have executive ed. And so we were approached by the dean, Dean Bing Shao, a visionary who flew from Thailand, for gosh sakes, when he saw that there was the potential of meeting with some of our legacy families. We have a wonderful leadership group of famous families, and said, listen, here's my problem. We have one and a half generation of wealth creators here. You read in the paper about how we're now passing the U.S. and we're going to be biggest in the world for many, many decades and so on. But I'm coming at it from the point of view of my alumni. I have 2,000 plus alumni, people like Jack Ma of Alibaba, which is one of the few names of this type that many Americans know. Um, but there are many others that we don't know that are you know, somewhat similar in stature and in terms of the growth curve. So we've got a generation and a half of wealth creation. You're working with G4, 5, and 6. There's a lot we need to learn, um, especially with the history, the political history of this, of this country. Plus, we have a one-child policy, and we're extremely family-oriented, and they are. I mean, there are those families within my networks of the American families who insist that the Chinese families are in many ways more entrepreneurial even than we are. And so he said, I would love to figure out if there's some way that we could generate a program together that would connect your legacy family community and some of your amazing families and the thought leadership that they've learned over many generations with some of my families who are my alum, some of whom are great, but some of whom are struggling with their kids who don't want to go back into the fertilizer business, don't go, want to go back into the widget business, and iLead was born. So it's been about a year and a half of effort to work on it, uh, the Cornell so, so Johnson t- t- School. Tell us a little bit about the program that's coming up and what kind of things will be happening at that program, which is half in the United States and half in China. Yes. So this is a full immersion executive ed program uh, driven by the next gen. So on June 7th, uh, a little under a month from now, uh, a cohort will meet at the Glencairn Castle at Pitcairn, which is a magnificent uh, ancestral home is what they call it. And we will kick off this program. It will be approximately 10 to 12 next-gen legacy young people from China with approximately 10 to 12 next-gen legacy young people from other. And I say other because it isn't just the United States. There's a Puerto Rican legacy family that's active. There's a European family that's active. And there are going to be other Asian families that are not Chinese. So this is truly a global cohort. But they will bond intensively and uniquely over the following couple of months as follows. There will be a 10-day full immersion set of modules, each carefully crafted hour by half day, um, over 10 days between Philadelphia and New York. The program finishes that particular aspect of the program, Jordan, June 17th. And then there's a break of approximately three weeks, and then the same cohort will repeat this program with very, very innovative modules that I can explain later, if you wish. And that program takes up with the same cohort July 12th, and the graduation will occur July 22nd. And those who finish in good standing will receive a professional master's certificate jointly from the Cornell S.C. Johnson School of Business and the Chong Kong Graduate School of Business. And the second half, the July part, is happening in China, both in Beijing and Shanghai. Is that correct? It is, linked by the bullet train, which itself is an amazing five-and-a-half-hour cultural experience. So just without going through the entire program, just what are some of the highlights that people might expect in that program that are going to accomplish the goals you're looking for for iLead? So highlights include 
learning from wealth creators. Um, I wasn't a great student, I must confess, in the university because I loved action. I wanted to put things into practice. We see that a lot of the young people from legacy families have huge respect for professors, but they actually would much rather emulate and learn from, because they've had the professorial experience, wealth creators. So there is approximately one-third of all the modules that will be taught by wealth creators, whether it's Peter Cuneo, who is the chairman of our advisory board, who is the gentleman who took Marvel out of bankruptcy and sold it nine years later to Disney for $4.5 billion. Uh, Dirk Jungi, the heir of Pitcairn, will speak. Al Berg will be talking. He sold Marshawn to Luxottica for almost a billion dollars. Uri Levine will be addressing our group. He just exited Waze as a co-founder, sold it to Google Maps for a billion one, and is on to his next four different disruptive digital companies that empower the consumer. So a third of this program is going to be to interact with people who have done extraordinary things and are taking a personal face-to-face interest with the cohort. Another third will be top-flight business school professors, MIT, Chong Kong Graduate School of Business, Cornell, others, dealing with topics that are very focused upon family legacy issues, entrepreneurial best practices, uh, leadership in a global age, and how you you know can be most effective in global business. Um, and then another third will be a combination, Jordan, of corporate visits. So we will be accessing major companies, whether it's Google or Tiffany's or Stock Exchange or whoever at the CEO level and the C-level, and then drilling down into those companies because some of our, you know, our participants may not go right back into their family business. Some may. And so we want them to be exposed to the corporate side. And then there will be action learning, which one example, I won't go into all of them, Jordan, is fascinating. It's expensive for us to run, but it's transformational. Um, everybody puts on a pit crew, a NASCAR pit crew uh, uniform, and a stock car pulls up. This is in a parking lot, and everybody becomes part of a team to change the tires and get that car out in nanoseconds, and the team-building lessons that are learned are amazing. I do want to point out one quick thing, Jordan, though, that I may not have adequately stated, which is that the iLead is not just for elite legacy families. We also have a category called first-generation wealth creators, and they may not come from families of the type that I've been describing, but they are people that have a huge fire in the belly to generate wealth, probably through entrepreneurial means, and to find some way to sustain that over time within their families to come. Very good. If people want to find out more about this, they can go to the website nextoppgroup.com, uh, nextopportunitygroup.com. There's also a phone number, which is 212-878-6644. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and we'll be back right after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. 
What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jeremiah Schnee. He's the president and CEO of the Next Opportunity Group. Welcome back to the show, Jeremiah. Thank you, Jordan. So there's a specific, another event going up in addition to the iLead event, uh, which is uh, what you call Success to Significance. Uh, just tell us briefly about that one. Thank you. Um, our legacy family community focuses upon three things, thought leadership, the next generation, which is the iLead program we've been discussing, and then the deal club, co-investment between families that have liquidity and are interested to continue to grow their wealth and to partner with other good families. Um, the thought leadership side has generated a kind of a fun series, which we call the Success to Significance Dinner Series. Um, the first one was, um, uh, and, and all of these, I might add, are uh, high-end uh, wine, food, and thought leadership experiences in sort of top uh, restaurants, uh, Manhattan restaurants. So they're fun, they're epicurean, uh, they're, they're sensory, but they're also stimulating to the mind, heart, and soul. So the first one was about art as legacy, art as investment, left brain, right brain. Huge success. Next one is June 4th, and it will involve Uri Levine. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, who exited uh, um, Ways to Google Maps for a billion one. Um, Uri has three passions. Disrupt uh, sectors of the economy by empowering uh, the consumer through digital. Um, do well by do good, by do, doing well by doing good. And the third is uh, mentoring pro bono young entrepreneurs. So he's a wonderful uh, value spit, if you will, for the Dolphin culture. That's going to be June 4th at Le Cirque, and I would urge people who are interested to call in or email us. And the third one's going to be in, the, in September, and that will take the same theme, Jordan, of success to significance, and we're going to look at the sports world. So a couple of our families are very passionate about not only professional sports as entertainment, and by the way, many of them, many of the major sports franchises, as we all know, are owned by legacy families, and they do pass them along generation to generation, but it's also about a higher purpose. So what is it that sports celebrities, some of them, have done to go from success to significance with not just their wealth, but with their prestige and their influence. So that's a series that we would love to invite people uh, who have interest in what we're doing to experience with us. And coming out of all this, you're trying to create what you call the Global Business Action Network. Tell me what that's going to be about. So that was actually um, a concept that emerged from a hybrid of my own global experience. I, as I mentioned, you know, was very global at a very high level for you know 19 years. But even more importantly than that, um, it came out of the work we're doing with iLead because young people. I'm very lucky to have four, as I said, are amazing. I mean, I learn from them every day. And whether it's their extraordinary core competence with digital, their global point of view, their love for diversity, the great majority of them, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Now, I won't go into some of the challenges. We all know that there are also challenges in the next gen. But the idea of the iLead is not just to have a transformational experience for those three weeks. Uh, but it's, in fact, to bond together, to earn trust, and led by the next gen to develop a global business action network that then 
through their bonding and through the fun and the trust and the partnerships and the deep experiences and discussions, allows them to then have something reliable enough in terms of an actual relationship, not just a digital one, not just the concept of this family over here and that family over there, but actually earning trust in a relationship. It allows them to loop back and bring their next gens, their older gens, the old school like myself, into that investment, co-philanthropic, co-family mix. And so the I lead that's the intergenerational part. And that Global Business Action Network is really, I believe, over the long run, the true value of participating in iLead, being an alum, and as the program recurs over the years, it will expand and grow, driven by the next gen, which is really the future. So just summing up all of what you talked about here, what is your vision of what all of this opportunity you're creating could create in, in the best of your imagination Ten years from now, what kind of a network and impact can all of this have? I think that we're living in a global age, Jordan. Um, but I think that the challenge with digital, which is a phenomenally powerful uh, force in the world, is that it does not substitute in the end, as I've been stressing, for face-to-face actual building of relationship, earning trust, getting the emotional connection and even the spiritual one, the interpersonal one and so on, and then using that as a foundation of trust to actually build long-term relationships that sustain. They don't just churn with, the, you know, turning on the computer tomorrow and having another digital set of options. And so I think what we want to be able to build is, if you will, an infrastructure that is bottom-up, sound, and uh, authentic and organic between legacy families and the next gens as well as the older generations that actually does facilitate not just greater wealth creation across borders, which is more and more statistically what we know uh, is, is, the, is the direction of wealth creation, but it also will build bridges of understanding that can connect com- uh, companies ultimately countries in such a way that, um, it, it, in a way that is sound and in a way that is sustainable over time. Very good. It's a wonderful vision. I'm looking forward to seeing all this happen. So I appreciate it very much. Uh, my guest this hour has been Jeremiah Schnee. He's the president and CEO of the Next Opportunity Group. Uh, you can find out more at his website, which is nextoppgroup.com. Their phone number is 212-878-6644. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Jeremiah. Thanks, Jordan. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thanks so much, and we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.